0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW report Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blob Talk Radio. Welcome back welcome back this is attorney Steve Vondren licensed to practice law in California and Arizona bringing you some on our business and real estate success channel all right today we have a really important topic Um, we are seeing more and more of these claims and and more people wanting information about copyright um, especially my real estate broker clients wanting to copyright their websites, wanting to know if they do podcasts, copyright real estate podcasts, can they use music from other uh, websites, and and, um, what types of images can they use on their website. These kinds of issues are popping up and wanted to talk a little bit about it, just get a little general information out there so that you're aware of this issue Um, which I think affects a lot of people. I mean, so many things nowadays are on the Internet, on the Web, so to speak. So you want to have a basic understanding and familiarity with intellectual property law, in this case, the subprong of copyrights. Okay, so what is copyrights? Now, people get really confused when it comes to intellectual property. And and how do I know that? Sometimes I'll say something like, you know, uh, you know, Attorney Steve Law up my sleeve. And someone will say, well, you should patent that. And I say, well, you know, that's not really something you would patent. That would be something more of a trademarkable slogan, um, you know, something like that. Like Nike, just do it. That's a That's a slogan. That's something you would get a trademark on. Now, the copyright laws protect original works of authorship that are fixed in a tangible medium of expression let me say that again that's your general rule on what a copyright is what it protects original works of authorship fixed in a tangible medium of expression what are some common examples we all know this okay we may just not have taken the time to really drill down and take a look at it but you know when you read a book you know you see the little copyright symbol on the bottom when you buy music uh, and nowadays, you see pictures and, and videos, and you'll see little copyright notices, and you see um, PDF white papers, uh, things that people have written, those kinds of things. So software, you've seen it uh, on software. It's in your licensing agreements when you agree to use software. Um, so copyright is everywhere, and especially in the digital world, where you have so many pictures and sound files and video files all these little things are fixed in a tangible medium of expression because they're actually something you can touch. Um, the original works of authorship requires some modicum of creativity. It doesn't have to be uh, a Rembrandt or the most amazing uh, art or song in, in the world. It just has to have some level of creativity. And facts and ideas are not protected. The expression of the idea... Can be protected when you fix it in a tangible form, but just saying you know uh, Mount Rushmore is twenty thousand feet high that is you know and I'm assuming that's probably not exactly accurate, but if you have a fact, a facts are not copyrightable, okay, so that's your general understanding, so any of these things that you're seeing on the on the web on the internet, um some people mistakenly believe, and there's a myth out there that if I see it on the internet. It's in the public domain. I can co- cut and paste, copy, swipe, download, and use it all on my web page. I can use everything that's out there. It's all It's the Internet. The world is free. No, not true. And that's a big misconception. So two of the big misconceptions are that everything on the Internet is free and free to use. And the other misconception is sort of the difference between copyright and trademarks and patents. Um, your three main areas of intellectual property so so the copyright is all these original works fixed in a tangible form of expression. These are protected under the copyright act in nineteen seventy six and the person who creates is generally the owner of the copyright so if you sit down and you write a book, well, you are the owner and have the copyright. However, if you have employees in the course and scope of their employment and they're creating works for your business so you have somebody creating real estate flyers for you you have somebody uh, creating logos and and artwork for you to be used on your website that would be considered a work for hire a quote-unquote work for hire so those are situations where the owner the employer may be held to be the owner of the copyright so even though they're not actually the ones creating it so these are important considerations to keep in mind is who owns the copyright um is it is it me is it someone else are there are there joint owners is it is it a what they call a joint work co-authorship is it a work for hire um those kinds of things so you want to just be cognizant and sometimes that's where you need a internet and intellectual property lawyer like myself to take a look at that for you and decide who's going to be the owner, who's going to own this thing, and are you going to register the copyright? Now, you do not have to register copyrights. When you put something in the tangible medium of expression, the minute it the, the ink hits the paper and it dries and it's a creative work, um, those kinds of things, you, you automatically have copyright protection. Most people don't know that. Most people think well you 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 must have to go to the copyright office and 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 file a um copyright application to protect it. No, it's not true when it the minute that that expression is fixed in that tangible form and it's creative and it's original bingo you have inherent copyright protections. The main reason that people file copyrights. Is because it becomes. I, I say this when you have a, a work that's important enough that that, is, that if somebody copied it, you would want to file a lawsuit against them. Then that's a good time to register your copyrights. It doesn't cost you much. You're looking at about forty five bucks. Um, you know you can get some expedited filing that will cost you a couple hundred dollars, um, several hundred dollars actually. But um, you know it, it's not going to kill you. It's not going to kill your pocketbook to basically register your copyrights but you have to register your copyright if you're going to file a lawsuit claiming infringement of your copyright so we'll be right back we're going to take a quick break here and come back and tell you a little bit more about copyright stay tuned You are listening to the Vondren Legal Hour, where you will learn everything you need to know to sound profound at cocktail parties and impressive around-the-water-cooler. If you have something to say, don't be shy. Call right now and speak your mind. The toll-free number is 877-774-3195. That's 877-774-3195. And now, back to the Vondren Legal Hour with attorney Steve Vondren. Okay, and we're back, and we were talking about copyrights and and do you register your copyrights? What is a copyright? so you got a basic understanding of that. What kind of rights do you have when you have a copyright what's the point of it? What do you get um, it, basically in the copyright act eleven u s c section one o six, it talks about a bundle of rights let's talk about that again a bundle of rights you get not just one right you get a bundle of rights that you can do various things with each right is sort of an independent right that you can license out to somebody else so I mean if you really had a valuable work like a like a um, screenplay let's say you had a screenplay you could license the right to reproduce that to one entity you could license the right to publicly perform that to another entity so forth and so on. But your your rights are the right to, to basically exclude others from doing certain things with your copyrighted work. Such rights to exclude include things like the right to reproduce, the right to distribute copies, the right to create derivative works, the right to publicly perform uh, your copyrighted work, publicly display is another right. So those are your your main bundle of rights, and to make audio transmissions, those kinds of things. So you have these rights that are inherent to you, uh, whether or not you register. We talked about the benefits of registering as a requirement to sue and to seek statutory damages um, for infringement. And that's important where you have a situation where somebody takes a picture of yours and you may not really have... And they completely copy your picture in a a web web post of yours, and you say, "Well, I'm upset about this. This is verbatim, just copying, just taking my whole thing." And and, and my stuff ended up on somebody else's site, and it has their. And even they were even so stupid they left my phone number and my email address on there. Talk about wholesale copying. Um, But that becomes important when you want to try to seek statutory damages, where you may not be able to prove any actual damages. So that's one thing, and those are those are important issues where if you think you have something important to protect, copyright page, a podcast, um, different logos that you've created, different real estate materials, whatnot, you may want to consult, call my office and say, look, I need to talk about this. I want to get it registered. I don't want people copying this. So we've done those kinds of things. Um, We've done those, and, and companies that are creating software, we have companies that have created software packages for the real estate industry that need intellectual property counsel. Those are the kinds of things to keep in mind. Now, one of the other things that you are seeing in some cases where you have a website that you're putting a lot of time into, you have great look and feel to your website, some real estate brokers are copywriting their website, all the pages and submitting that for registration with the Copyright Office. And by the way, you can find the Copyright Office at Copyright.gov. That's Copyright.gov. Plenty of information there, so go check that out. But some people are actually copywriting their entire website, and then when they add new pages, say every time you add another 25 pages, they're doing an updated registration, adding more. So that's that's another important aspect about copyright in the context of your real estate blogs and websites, your podcasts, you can copyright these things and submit those um, to get that kind of protection. Okay, so um, we're going to talk about also the DMCA. If you have a website that allows – let's say you have a real estate website that allows people to upload and to post and to put links, to copy up pictures and do all that – you may need to consider registering under the 1988 DMCA, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, which basically is an act that protects Internet service providers from copyright infringement cases where you have no notice or knowledge of infringement and you're willing to take things down upon getting a DMCA notice. Um, There is a way that you can register, register an agent, with the Copyright Office and pay a fee. It's, 100, I think it's 105 bucks. You pay a fee, and then you, you agree to comply. When you get a notice that, hey, there's something on your website that's infringing my copyrights, then you, you take it down, and then you have a safe harbor where you don't have to worry about you getting sued for copyright infringement. So that's another important angle on copyright, something to bear in mind and uh, another service that also we can provide for you. So um, we're going to be right back. We're going to close this out with probably what you came here for, what everybody wants to know about, is the copyright fair use. What is a fair use? And when am I allowed to just you know sort of use somebody else's stuff in my website or on my podcast, in, the, in my videos, um, those kinds of things? What's a fair use? that will protect me from being deemed an infringer, a copyright infringer, the bad word. So hold on tight. We're going to do a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. The Law Offices of Stephen C. Vondren is a business, real estate, and intellectual property law firm. When your assets are on the line, call Attorney Steve. From corporate services and contracts to high-stakes litigation, we've got your back. Call us at 877 276-5084, Two seven six five zero eight four, or find us on the web at attorneysteve.net. That's attorneysteve.net. Okay, we're back, <laughs> and uh, we're talking about copyright. We're talking about what it is, how you get protection, whether or not you need to register, what things are worth registering. We talked a little bit about your bundle of rights, what you get when you have a copyright, Um, We've talked about the DMCA. If you're a service provider, allowing people to post and interact on your website, considering filing a a DMCA agent registration. We've talked about a lot of good things here. You've got a great, easy overview of copyright law. This is general information. This is not legal information. This is things for you to consider. Um, Now, we're going to talk about fair use and what that is. 11 USC 107. USC stands for United States Code by the way. It's not USC Trojans for some of you people out there. The USC didn't come up with all these rules. But um anyway, Article 1, Section 8 of the United States Constitution talks about promoting progress of science and the useful arts by securing to artists and inventors the the rights to their writings and discoveries. There's some things that are not protected, even despite the fact that somebody has a copyright in it, this and that. There are fair uses of other person's copyrighted uh, works. And, you know, I guess probably the prime example we all know about this is, you know, teachers, teachers and scholarship and research education. You know, you, you print out an article because you want to share it with all your students. You're not trying to make any, any money on it. Yes, the school is uh, for profit. The school is making money. There's That much we know. So it could easily be argued that this is a commercial use of the copyrighted work. However, there are some points where we say, look, this is good. It's research. It's commentary. Um, you know, it's okay to allow someone to do that. We see it on the news all the time where the news may show a short clip of here's a wreck on the 405 or a chase whoever's taking that video has a copyright in that video because it's work fixed in a tangible medium um but there are that's common and criticism those kinds of things are 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 weighed in in this four factor test that courts will engage in when they're trying to figure out and usually that means somebody got sued Usually it means there was a pretty big reason why somebody was upset and wanted to file a federal copyright action, spend lots of money, and, and go after somebody they alleged to be an infringer. Um, when that happens, the courts are going to engage in this four-factor test. They're going to balance these factors. There's no one factor that's going to win or lose the day. The court's job, by law, taking a look at this, is to apply all these factors and try to come up with what a good decision is. Should this use be allowed as a fair and free use, or is this copyright infringement and, and this person should pay up? Um so that becomes a big test and and, and we do fair cast, excuse me, we do fair use legal reviews. If you're a podcaster, a real estate website owner, you have a software, real estate software type application, you know, we do these fair use reviews for you, and we can talk to you about these four factors in greater detail in regards to your particular use. But here's what the courts look at. One, the purpose and the character of the defendant's use, the purpose and character of the use, what are you using it for? Is it just for – is it for first amended, pr- protected free speech, or are you just commenting and criticizing, or is it for re- re- reporting and teaching, research, those kinds of things? um or are you using it to try to make money are you trying to just are you substantially copying their work saying you know i, I this is a great idea and i want to make some money on it um riding off their backs is another way to look at it um where you're trying to make commercial use and riding off their backs and and, and dipping into their market so to speak um that is going to weigh against you in the fair use analysis. If it's for reporting, commenting, researching, sort of non commercial use, um having fun, like a parody, those kinds of things may weigh in your favor of this being a fair use. So it's just it's a balancing test. The court's gonna weigh it and go, you know, try to get a sense, well, what's this guy doing? What's this gal doing here? Um is this good or not? The second uh, factor is the nature of the work. What's the nature of the copyrighted work, um, which is a factor, but it, it's usually considered by most not to be a huge factor. But it is something that's weighed. Uh, but getting to the Im- more important factor is the amount and substantiality. This is number three. Amount and substantiality of the portion taken. The more you take, the more it lends against a fair use. The le- the lesser amount that you take. The more it lends into your favor, this is a fair use. Why? Because you can comment on somebody's thing. You can you can show um, you can comment on somebody's artwork for for five seconds. You can as or a video, let's say, and you could show the video, comment on it for five seconds, and then move without showing the whole video. You don't have to completely rebroadcast the whole video. So a factor that's very important that they're going to look at is how much did you take? Okay, this comes up oftentimes with a parody, um, as we mentioned. A parody is a first amended protected free speech. You're you're making fun of a work, um, and usually in a parody you have to be making fun of the underlying work so that people know what you're doing. Um, but basically, for a parody to apply for fair use is you you only want to take enough to sort of conjure up the mind of the original and then be commenting on that in in a funny way, in a funny new way, um, those kinds of things. So parody is its own little animal that you have to have looked at. Now some corporations if they have a trademark on something as opposed to a copyright, if they have a trademark and you're making a parody of a trademark, um, there are other issues uh, in dealing with trademarks. It's a separate issue dealing with infringement or dilution of a mark, and we're going to do a separate show just on that because it really warrants its own show. So stay tuned and bookmark our website on that. And I should also mention that you can follow our e-business channel if you really uh, love these kinds of issues, e-business, social media law, Internet law. Follow us at attorneysteveshow.com. That's attorneysteveshow.com. That's our podcast And that's usually with my wife. It's a husband and wife podcast. Uh, When she's able to make it, she's really busy. But um, check that out and keep up on some of these issues. This is, you know, fun stuff here. So this is one of the ways we serve our real estate and other clients that we have. So the four-factor test, finally, I'm I'm diverging here, but uh, digressing. Uh, The fourth and final factor that the courts look at is the effect of the use on the plaintiff's market, so am I. Are people looking at my, the defendant's reproduction? Are they using, looking at it as a substitute? Is it robbing the plaintiff's licensing rights? Are you tapping into their market, stealing their business? So that's what the courts are going to look at. Those are your four factors that the courts will balance in weigh when deciding whether or not you can use what you're using. So, you know, the general advice is, you know, if it's scholarly research and you're just doing a a quick look and a reference and, and a and a quick showing of their work or a, a tiny use of their copyrighted work, um, that's going to weigh better in your favor. If you're really taking a wholesale grab at somebody's stuff and, and trying to market it and make money on it, that's going to weigh against you. So everything in between is probably best to have analyzed by an attorney. And, you know, we can be reached at 877-276-5084. Find me on the web at attorneysteve.net. So that's really what I wanted to say. I also want you to be aware there is some talk about, and you may be saying to yourself, you know, this, you know, nobody's going to file a federal court lawsuit against me. Come on, Attorney Steve, you're pulling my leg. That's not going to happen. That's going to—it would cost someone a hundred thousand. They're not going to do that because I stole a picture and used it on my real estate blog. I mean, come on. Um, realize there is some talk about a copyright small claims court uh, process being set up with claims anywhere up to ten to twenty twenty thousand dollars. Um, it's in the talks, it's in the talking stage, it's not, you know, don't panic, it's not here now, but people are talking about it, and I think it makes good sense because there's so many claims that are smaller and perhaps under the radar that, um, you know, people need to just be cognizant of copyright law, Um, and, and also one other thing we do is assignments, copyright assignments, where you're having other people create works for you, you may need an assignment. So give us a call. That's it. Uh, That's the show, Dirty and Back It Up, short, sweet, and dirty, and hear it again, and you'll have a basic understanding of copyright law. There's lots of other little issues that can pop up, but I think that's a good working overview if you're out in in the business field, in the real estate business, or other businesses, and you're on the Internet, trying to figure out what you can and can't do. So, Attorney Steve out. I really appreciate your time, and we'll be back. Portions of the show are sponsored by the Law Offices of Steve Vondren. If you're starting a business, selling a business, need a social media lawyer, or have other business or real estate legal matters, you can find us on the web at attorneysteve.net. That's www.attorneysteve.net. The preceding show consists of general legal information only and is not legal advice or a substitute for legal advice. Contact an attorney if you need legal advice. All information set forth on the show are opinions only and should not be relied upon as being accurate as the law is subject to interpretation and is constantly evolving. The Law Offices of Stephen C. Vondran is licensed to practice law in California and Arizona, and we only serve clients in these two states. This is an advertisement and communication pursuant to the state bar rules. Vondran Legal Hour, copyright 2012, all rights reserved.